Our text today is going to be found in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Matthew 5 again. We're going to start in verse 33, right where we left off last time. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 33. And if you've uh, been here the last few weeks, you know that we've been dealing with the Sermon on the Mount for um, a little while now. And Jesus deals with some really big topics in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, a couple weeks ago we talked about uh, anger and, and lust, and the, you remember those really just murder and adultery in seed form. They start in the heart. Uh, we looked last week at Jesus' teaching on divorce. I mean, those things are relevant now just like they were back then. Now, in our text today, Jesus is going to address another issue that uh, we often see at work in our world or, or maybe not so much. He's going to deal with the issue of integrity. And we as Christian people, we as people who name the name of Christ, need to be people of integrity. But sadly, integrity is lacking in many people's lives. And what is integrity? I remember back when I was uh, a young person, and I it's terrible, my memory is, is not what it used to be, uh, but I don't remember who I was with or where I was at. But I remember I was a young person with some other people that I considered friends. And Scarlett, if you were there... Uh, You'll remind me, I'm sure, after church. But I was in some city. It seemed like a big city, and I don't remember where it was either. But I don't know how accurate the big city thing was because I went, when I went to Bolivar to college, it, I felt like the Clampets go to Hollywood. Um, I was kind of out of my element there. But anyway, we were walking down the street, and some young people came up with a video camera and a microphone. They stuck them right up in our face, and they said, What is integrity? Now, I don't like to be put on the spot now, and I liked it even less when I was uh, a, a young person because I'm a lot more, uh, I'm not as backward as I was then. Uh, but anyway, I kind of froze. And so they, they turned to my friend and they, they asked them for a definition. And that person said, and again, it may have been you, Scarlett, if it was, you did a good answer. Um, they said, being, uh, basically acting the same whether somebody sees you or not. Whether somebody's there to see you or not, uh, you act the same way. That's integrity. And, and that was a pretty good answer. Then they turned the camera to me. They sucked the microphone in my face and they said, what is your definition of integrity? And I did what some of you do on Wednesday nights. I said, what she said. Or what he said. I don't, I don't remember who it was that said it. But I froze. But you know, as I thought about through, throughout the years uh, as, as that memory surfaced, um, you know, integrity is being the same person whether somebody's there to see us or not, but that's not a complete definition. Integrity deals also with honesty. It's moral uprightness. It's telling the truth. And unfortunately, many people, most people, are not honest. If you ask somebody if they lie, what are they going to say? No, I don't lie. But that's a lie. Maybe they'll say, oh, I lie, but not very often. Well, you know... Um, it doesn't take long living in this world to figure out that a lot of people don't mean what they say. You know, there's the old joke about politicians, how do you know when one's lying? When their lips are moving. Um, that's true in the political realm. It's, it's sadly true just in, in our world. Honesty is a rare commodity. And it was back in Jesus' day, too. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at honesty and integrity. Now, you might be scanning down through uh, verses 33 and following, and saying to yourself, well, I don't see honesty, I don't see integrity mentioned uh, anywhere in those passages. And it's true it's not mentioned by name. Instead, Jesus is going to deal with, issue, with the issue of oaths and vows. But I want you to realize that he's doing so in the context of being honest, and hopefully uh, that will make sense when we get into this. Now, if you found Matthew chapter 5, please stand with me as we begin reading in 
33. Jesus said, Again, you have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of evil. Thank you. May be seated. Now, Jesus, throughout the Sermon on the Mount, uh, he, he starts right where the people are. And he does it in this text as well. He says, you have heard it said, don't make false vows, fulfill your vows to the Lord. And they'd heard that growing up because that's what the law taught. And specifically in Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 12, it says, Do not swear falsely by my name, God speaking, and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. Now, there are verses all throughout the Old Testament that speak of uh, not being hasty in making a vow, of being cautious when we make a vow, of, of being very deliberate in the things that we say, especially when we make those vows to God. Now, why is it a bad thing to make a false vow to anybody, but especially God? Well, put very simply, if you do that, you're lying. And that's bad. Now, I'm talking about oaths and vows and swearing. What am I referring to? Well, an oath or a vow or swearing in this case uh, is, is essentially a promise that's made to somebody. It's promising to do a certain thing. It could be promising not to do a certain thing. Uh, in, in the context that they speaking, it primarily refers to uh, taking an oath of some sort to uh, back up or to verify the truthfulness of a statement. And depending on the form, it could also include some form of uh, punishment that happens if you don't do what you said or if what you said is not true. Kind of like, in, you remember being a kid, um, you'd, you'd tell your friend something and you'd want them to really believe it, so what do you say? Or you say, I will not, I will not share that secret. What do you say? Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. That's the same type of thing. Uh, when they would make these vows, sometimes they would, uh, they, of course they wouldn't you know, say that they were going to die and put needles in their eyes, but, but they, were, they were essentially saying, you can count on what I'm saying. I swear, I promise, you know, and they make some kind of an oath. Now these people were taught they should not be, they should not swear falsely, and we would say yeah that's the right thing to be taught. But Jesus ups the ante a little bit, and his instruction here, if you look again at what he says, is he says, don't swear at all. It's not just don't make a false vow. He says don't make any vows. And again we need to realize the context because when he says don't swear, he is not talking about using profanity. He's not talking about cussing. Now I don't think that I probably need to say this, but I'll go ahead and say it just in case. Somebody who names the name of Christ, somebody who's a Christian, shouldn't be cussing anyway. Okay, that's kind of a given. But he, we, what he's talking about here is swearing or vowing something to bolster credibility. Now, those of us who work in the schools, those of you who are parents, anybody who's dealt with a kid, you probably have experienced this in some way. Kids kind of tell Wendy's, you know what I mean? They'll come up and they'll, they'll, they'll spin you a yarn. And when you look at them skeptically, you say, now did that really happen the way you just said? Well, they do. Yeah, that's what happened, Dad. That's what happened, Mr. Braddock. I what? I promise. 
that's a, you can believe what I'm saying. I swear that's what happened. They, they, they do that to bolster credibility. Now, people don't grow out of that. They just change their wording. Now when they get to be adults, sometimes you hear adults say something, and sometimes kids, and I hate this phrase, they'll, they'll make a claim, then they'll say the phrase, I swear to who? I swear to God. They say that. And I hate it when they do that, especially when I know that they're lying. It just makes me cringe. Sometimes they'll say things like, well, I swear on my mother's grave. What about this one? If I'm lying, what am I doing? I'm dying. You know, we, we hear people say things like that, and, we, and they say it almost not thinkingly. And that's the context that Jesus was talking about. These people making oaths, and they thought it wasn't binding, but it really was. Now, when you hear somebody use some sort of a promise like that, you better pay attention to what they're saying. Because if they are saying, I'm going to do something, you can count on me, I promise I'll do it, I swear on my mother's grave, they're probably not going to do it. And if they say, you can count on, you can trust what I'm saying, I swear, and they'll come up with whatever, they're probably telling you a lie. See, integrity is a rare thing today, but in the time of Christ, it was just as bad, if not worse, because the rabbis, the religious teachers, used to teach that you could make a vow with your lips and at the same time cancel it or annul it in your heart. They said if you did that, you weren't bound by your word. So think, here are religious teachers essentially saying if you make a promise, if you just cross your fingers when you do it, you don't have to, you don't have to fulfill it. Oh, they said you didn't even have to cross your fingers. You just had to have a change of heart while you're saying it. Now, Jesus says, don't swear at all. Now, I think it's obvious this is not a, an absolute prohibition on oaths and vows. We see that in Scripture. For instance, there are times in the Bible when God swears by himself. There's nobody greater to swear uh, by, so he swears by himself. In the book of Matthew, chapter 26, you remember Jesus was standing before the high priest at his trial. And the high priest puts him under oath and says, I adjure you by God. He's putting him under an oath. Are you the Son of God? And Jesus answers under oath. In 2 Corinthians, Paul makes a, a vow. He, makes, he swears to the Corinthian church. Oftentimes in, in the books, uh, the letters that Paul wrote, he says things like, he calls God, God as a witness to the truthfulness of what he's saying. Now, from that, I, th I think we can safely conclude that judicial oaths, like if you're in a courtroom, that's not bad. Taking an oath during a solemn religious event like a wedding, that's not bad. The rest of these things, this careless uh, swearing, that's what's prohibited by Christ. So why should we not swear? Well, Jesus gives us a list of reasons uh, in, in verse 34. He says, But I said you make no oath at all, either by heaven, and for, so here's the reason, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. So Jesus gives us reasons. He says, don't swear by heaven, it's the throne of God. Well, I just, I just read them all. So why do we not swear by him? Because one, one reason is, when you do that, you invoke God as being a party to the truthfulness of what you're saying. Now, when the rabbis taught back then, they said, if you swear by God, if you use his name in your vow, you are bound absolutely to, to do what you said. But if you don't use his name in your oath, you're not bound by it. And so here's what they would do. They would say, well, I'm not going to swear by God because then I'd have to do it, so I'll do the next best thing. I'll swear by heaven where he resides. 
That way I'm not bound by it, but it still sounds like I'm making a real serious oath. Or they would say, I swear by Jerusalem, I swear by the temple. Uh, in that culture, beards were a big thing, and I think that's great. They would swear by their beard. I mean, you name it, they swore by it. And, but they said if you did that, you were not absolutely bound unless you invoked the name of God. But here's what they miss, and Jesus highlights it here. All these other things, heaven, Jerusalem, earth, all that, implies God's involved. If you make a, a, an oath by my truck, you swear by my truck, I'm involved all of a sudden, right? I'm, I'm involved very quickly. And the same thing is true here. Because God is so closely associated with all these things, they're too holy to be profane in that way. Another reason not to swear by those things is because it's not yours to swear by. When you look at heaven and, and the earth and Jerusalem and all these things, those things don't belong to us. Those things belong to God. Even our heads, you say, well, if anybody has a right to their own head, it's the person who owns it. But Jesus says, even your head doesn't belong to you. God's in control of that. And here's proof. Women, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, you put, ever put on makeup? You ever put on anti-wrinkle cream? I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to ask you to show hands on this. But some people, probably not you, but somebody you know has probably dyed their hair before. Why? Because if we were really in control of it, we could just will our hair to be black instead of gray. We could will our hair to be brown instead of blonde. We could will our hair to be there instead of in the sink. We don't have control over anything. I mean, everything is God's. What's the, what does that psalm say? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What can we swear by that doesn't belong to God? Nothing. It, it, it doesn't belong to us, so how can we swear by it? It would be like me saying, Jason, I promise you I'm going to do such and such. And if I don't, you can have Norma's truck. Norma's not going to like that very much, right? Because if I, don't, if I don't keep my word, her truck is yours. It's not mine to swear by. Same thing. All these things that they're swearing by, not ours. So, if we're not supposed to swear, we're not supposed to make an oath, we're not supposed to make a vow, in order to make people believe us, what are we to do? Well, Jesus lays out his answer, very simple, very powerful, verse 37. He said, let your statement be yes, yes, or no, no. That's simple. In other words, mean what you say. If you mean yes, say yes. And if you mean no, say no. If you say you're going to do it, do it. In other words, don't lie. Be a person of your word. I remember, and I know this is going to date me, which is a weird, weird phrase to use, I guess, but I remember when a person's word meant something. You remember that? I remember deals, transactions, bargains, whatever, being struck, and they were sealed with what? Handshake. And that was it. You didn't need paperwork. You didn't need a contract. You didn't need lawyers. You didn't need witnesses. A, a man's word was his bond. And that's the kind of integrity and honor we need to have today. And I'll tell you, it's, it's going to take time to build that up, especially if you're not in the habit of keeping your word. Now, we all know people that we don't believe anything they say, don't we? I mean, they'll be telling us something, and we know even as they're saying it, they'll be saying, well, I'm going to do this or that, and we know even as they're telling us that, yeah, right. I don't believe any of it. But there are also people 
that we know they only say it once. We only give another another thought because we know we can count on them. Integrity is something you either have or you don't have. There's no middle ground. But if you don't have it, it's something you can gain. How? By consistently keeping your word. So how's this going to look? At your work, do you say you're going to do something? You better do it. To your kids, your grandkids, do you ever say, I'm going to do this. If you do X, I'll do Y. You better do it. You think they don't remember? Kids have a great memory. Say you're going to do something at church? You better do it. Keep your word. And, And when you relate events that have happened, when you tell what's going on, you better be telling the truth. Tell the truth. Sometimes people are given to embellishment. They think, well, reality's too boring. I'll just make it. I'll spice it up a little bit. So they'll throw in details that weren't really there. That's, that's not good. Integrity means that we tell what happened. And then after we've told it, we don't backpedal. We say, well, you know, you know we just, that, it, that's just the way it is. Now, Jesus finishes up his uh, teaching in verse 37 by saying that going beyond just giving an answer and doing it is of evil. Now, some translations say that it's uh, uh, being of the evil one, and that's grammatically possible. But I think what Jesus is getting at is that the man who lives with integrity doesn't need to take an oath. They don't need to make promises and swear and and go through big... uh, you know, a big ceremony to try to get you to believe it because his word is his bond. It's his guarantee. And the fact that sometimes oaths are still necessary, as one commentator put it, is proof that men are not good men and that this is not a good world. So where does this leave us? Okay, let's just wrap it all up in a box, put a handle on it so we can take it home from church. Where does this leave us? Well, Jesus is teaching truly two-pronged. First, very simple, stop swearing. Stop taking oaths. Stop making vows. Sometimes we do it. It just becomes a force of habit after we say it for a while. You need to pay attention to what you're saying. Stop taking vows. Stop swearing. Don't try to prove your trustworthiness because guess what? It doesn't help. And now you're going to know that if you say that to me, I'm automatically going to be thinking they're not telling the truth. But you know what? These oaths don't show you're trustworthy. They, in fact, show the opposite. Second, live with integrity. Follow through. If you make a commitment, keep it. If you say you're going to do something, do it. If something happens, stand by it and don't lie about it. How much more practical can you get? I mean, this is everyday stuff. Folks, we all need to focus on this. You say, well, you know what? I'm I'm like on a stave and... Uh, George Washington all, all rolled into one. I can't tell a lie, and and I'm, you know, all this. Well, that may be. But you know what? It's real easy to slip into lying. You ever done that? You'll be telling a story, and all of a sudden you've added some stuff, and you realize, wait a minute, that didn't really happen. You, have, you ever have to go back and change your story? It's better to do it right then instead of later. But it's better to do it later than never. It's easy to break, uh, slip into breaking into breaking commitments saying well you know they're at the church I know I said I'd do this but I'm sure somebody else will pick up the slack you know they're at work I, I know I said I'd do this but well they just need to understand 
it's easy to break those commitments, but make a concerted effort not to. And listen, I, I've been talking about living with integrity. Don't hear me as saying, if you do this, that's somehow going to uh, get you into heaven. Okay, this is, this is just what we're supposed to do anyway. This isn't some sort of meritorious act that will get us through the gates of heaven. Because the only thing that will do that is by putting our faith in Christ alone for salvation. And if you've never done that, of course, today's the day to do it.